Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Let's pray. Indeed, Father, I pray that you would, uh, with your word and through your sacraments, cut through the worries of the temporal and give us the hope of the eternal. Indeed, take our hearts today and make them thine, uh, that we may go forth and share this good news with the world and those who are around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it is great to see all of you here today, Um, and uh, I want to say that um, when you read St. Mark's Gospel closely, uh, one of the unique characteristics, and there are about seven unique characteristics to Mark's Gospel, but the one that uh, is appropriate and meets us today is immediacy. Mark is trying to convey, this is very important, he's trying to convey to us that the end is not only near, but the end is now actually in Jesus Christ. This is why our mission statement, part of our mission statement is is that so the people of the city of New York and beyond might know where they end and God actually begins. Because uh, once in Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so the theme of St. Mark's gospel, when it comes to Jesus, is not, hey, you know, think about it and get back to me. But immediately, without hesitation, right now. Jesus must be followed. The word immediately is actually found twice in these four verses alone. And this is just chapter 1. Now, I highlight this theme of urgency to accentuate St. Paul's main point from our reading from the Corinthians. For the present form of this world is passing away. How many of us think we've been guaranteed tomorrow? This present form of this world is passing away, St. Paul says, because it can be really easy to allow the cares and the concerns of this world to distract us from the sense of biblical urgency that we find in the Gospel of Mark, that we find throughout the entire New Testament for that matter. You see, the Corinthians as a church in many ways, had become bogged down with all sorts of confusion, resulting from a fixation on things that were temporal. These temporal issues were no doubt important, like the question of speaking in angelic tongues, or is it okay to sleep with my stepmother? That's a real concern in 1 Corinthians. Uh, Corinth actually had the original script to the movie May and September. But... uh, um, I thought that was really funny. But anyway, um, uh, um, but this is the point. In all seriousness, they, the Corinthians, and it's so interesting oftentimes when you watch the church exegete Corinthians, they always pull out the temporal things and want you to fixate on it now. They were fixated with all sorts of questions of temporal issues and uh, super spiritual issues, and they were seeking their answers and their refreshment not from the urgency of the gospel, but from the world. Much like the church today. They were consumed by these things. Yeah, yeah, the gospel, sure, St. Paul, but 
What about speaking in angelic language? Yeah, 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 Paul, the gospel, but what about what we do now? And I always say that where the gospel is assumed, it ultimately will be denied. Where it is assumed, it is ultimately denied. So St. Paul says, stop looking at the temporal and focus on that which is everlasting. Focus on the eternal. And so St. Paul reminds them of the urgency of the gospel. St. Paul says, for this present form of this world is passing away. Or in other words, if it is not flowing forth from the love of Christ, found in the death and resurrection of Jesus, it's secondary. Who here is not consumed by the temporal? There's an issue we're all facing. And it's really wearing. And as a result, when it comes to faith, you've become a little jaded. Week after week, and this is true sometimes here in New York. New York can be such a grind. And then Saturday rolls around and we're like the Corinthians and we ask the question, what then shall we eat or drink? And then we remember that we've got to go fight the crowds at Trader Joe's for like the last bag of arugula. I mean, am I the only one? I mean, have you been to the Trader Joe's on Fifth Avenue? I'm teaching on the book of Revelation right now, and that is tribulation (laughs) to be in there. I mean, it is awful. Tribulation now. Come, Lord Jesus. We focused on all the, how am I going to pay these bills? Do I really have to go to that event this Friday night? I remember a couple of years ago, I had a pastoral appointment, and the person just came into my office overwhelmed, and he plopped on the couch, and he said, I'm just tired of trying to figure stuff out. I get it. And you see, when the temporal becomes center, over and above the eternal, one can lose sight of the fact that you are a beloved child of God. And that is your ultimate identity, not your credit score. And that God longs for your friends and your neighbors to know that same truth as well because this present world is passing away. This is my first point. In pursuit of the future, we can forget that we're actually only promised now. We have only been given today. And in the midst of all that is temporal, there's only one thing that is not passing away, and that is God's promise to you in the gospel that he will never leave you or forsake you and that he will be with you until the very ends of the earth. And because that promise won't pass away in Jesus, come what may, brothers and sisters, neither will you. For that promise will carry you through this age into the age ultimately that is to come. So with that in mind, we return to Mark's account of the calling of Peter, James, and John. And what that means actually for all of us. So, we see here, the setting is, is that Jesus is traveling along the Sea of Galilee. And he's not traveling along that sea randomly. 
As biblical scholar Chad Bird points out, the sea in the Old Testament, this is one of the images of Jonah that you find when you read the prophet Jonah, the whole story. The sea is the place of chaos and confusion. And then they're on the Sea of Galilee, which is Galilee of the Gentiles. This is all a foreshadow of the ministry that is to come in, by, and through Jesus. That the God of Israel desires to bring order and salvation to the Gentiles. This is one of the points of the book of Revelation that I'm teaching on. And consequently through that, the whole world, as he makes it all new. And here Jesus calls three fishermen to be in his inner circle, Peter, James, and John. Now this is one of the earthy aspects of the gospel and why it rings so true. And there's a reliability to it. You see, first century rabbis in those days were really picky about who they chose as their disciples. If this was fake news, Jesus would have been in Jerusalem of Judea calling the most successful and educated rabbis to be his disciples. Not fishermen from Galilee. Now this is important. From time to time, I like to go fishing. And I've gone fishing with some of these, there's a group of pastors and they go fishing out off the Long Island Sound. And uh, some would call them fishermen, but they're actually like fish hunters, a couple of these guys. Like this is their thing. They have the right shoes that allow them to climb out onto the rocks. They have the right rod and reel. Uh, they, um, They have all of the latest gadgets that track the cycles of the moon and the currents around the sound. And they have all the right bait. Some would call them hunters. But Peter, James, and John are not these type of fishermen. They're not these type of fishermen. They weren't outsmarting fish. They just went where they thought the fish would be, and they threw the net and hauled the fish in. And in the Gospels, if you read closely, if Jesus wasn't with them, they didn't catch a thing. They didn't have the right bait. These guys weren't checking currents or tracking the moon or any of that. They just tossed that big net into the sea and let it sink to the bottom. And then they pulled it up really quick. And whatever they could catch, fish, creatures, uh, sandals, they would drag that back into the boat. Now here's my second point. And this is one of the things the gospel is teaching us in light of even the architecture of this church, this kind of fishing that they're doing, not the kind that's tracking moon currents and things like that, this kind of fishing is a picture or a foreshadow of the urgency of the eternal. It doesn't have time to track these other things because it's only given today. This kind of fishing is a foreshadow of the immediacy of Jesus. Because the kind of net these disciples would eventually be given on the day of Pentecost is the broad net of the gospel. Christ and him crucified for you. And that net would eventually be cast far, wide, and deep. And that net, as the Sea of Galilee foreshadows, is cast to the very ends of the earth in the midst of all of its chaos. And that urgent net, the gospel, has come to you today, breaking through your fixation with the temporal.
that comes to you today in Christ's eternal word. It breaks through to you today as you remember your baptism. It comes to you today in the promises of the Lord's Supper, the bread that is his body broken for you, the wine that is his blood shed for you. And it continues to haul you and I into this boat called the church. Actually, the area you're sitting in, church architecture-wise, is called the nave which comes from the Latin word for boat. And if you look, it's supposed to be kind of an upside-down boat. And so you, by the net of the gospel, have been brought in to his church, into his boat, into his body. And no matter how disconnected from God you may have been feeling, No matter how disappointed or frustrated you have felt by the temporal trials of life and the passing away of this city and this world, right now, right here, allow the gospel by the power of the Holy Spirit, that urgent and eternal word to comfort you, to be your peace this morning. And remind you of your call as well. That you are a beloved child of God. Right now. And like Peter, James, and John. He's called you to be fishers of people. Now, this is a bizarre title when you think about it. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I'll make you fishers of people. That's, a, that's an interesting title. What it essentially means when you, when you break it all down is that you're a person that's genuinely interested in other people. However, this title also alludes to how the gospel works to bring about the eternal in our lives in the midst of the temporal. Charlie, our ministry intern, was preaching at our midweek service and uh, on this particular passage, and he made two very interesting points that struck me. The first is, is that when you think about it, fish never want to get caught. And then two, when they do get caught, especially with net fishing, they die. Dang, Charlie. And yet this is how God continually delivers us from the chaos of this temporal world. How God moves the slog of the temporal to the urgency of the eternal in our lives. You see, most people like fish are living to die. And this is why the temporal seems eternal. Yet as Christians, hauled in by the nets of Jesus' death and resurrection, buried in a baptism like his so that we might be raised in a resurrection like his, we die to ultimately live. This is why at a funeral service it should be filled with such hope as Christians, because we die to live and live eternally. And this is my third point. See, the world focuses on the temporal because it's living to die. But as Christians, we can focus on the urgency of the eternal because we're dying ultimately to truly live. At the church, you and I are caught fish 
but not simply caught to flop aimlessly without direction in a boat, but rather Jesus takes fish and he cleans them with his word and he makes us disciples, fishers of people, to be used by God to urgently share this eternal gospel in order to rescue people from the temporal world that is passing away because of sin and death. And I'll wrap up with this. Ultimately, this is the mandate of Calvary St. George's. And it's the mandate of the entire Christian church to transform the world and to save the world not by pointing out all of its moral deficiencies and wagging its finger at society, nor by throwing our hands up in the world and following the world into the chaos of sin and death. But rather, our job is to proclaim this eternal word and to make disciples of Jesus, to cast out the net of the gospel and haul in from the world those for whom Jesus has died. Jesus saves us fish so that we might be used by him to fish for people who are swimming in the sea of sin and death. Never lose that immediacy. Never lose that urgency. O Zion, haste, thy mission high fulfilling, to tell the world that God in Christ is light. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.